You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. I love my Nicole Kidman. I love my Nicole Kidman, especially when she goes into different regional territory. I love my Irish Nicole Kidman. I love my Italian Nicole Kidman. I love pretending to be Samantha Stevens from Bewitched Nicole Kidman, even though that movie was pretty much shit. And I love my Russian Nicole Kidman. And so I was really excited to see her new series, Nine Perfect Strangers, because I haven't seen Russian Nicole Kidman since she played that male or bride con artist in birthday girl back in 2002 so i was really stoked for this this of course is nine perfect strangers the new david e kelly series which nicole kidman produced based on the book by leanne moriarty and it stars nicole kidman melissa mccarthy michael shannon luke evans mara weaving asher ketty melvin gregg tiffany boone manny jacinto regina hall bobby cannavale zoe tarakis grace van patten Basically, Nicole Kidman plays Masha, this therapist, healer, guru who is presiding over this large, large, luscious compound somewhere, I'm guessing, in buried deep in California, even though they shot in Australia and it kind of obvious. <laughs> the place that she runs is called Tranquillum, and she runs it with staff members Tiffany Boone as Delilah and Manny Jacinto as Yao. In comes these nine, I guess, clients, patients victims whatever you want to call them (laughs) who basically are all struggling with various issues including depression grief addiction you name it you name it somebody's got it so they come here for some sort of cutting edge wellness retreat for a period of about eight days ten days what is time frank what is time (laughs) time i don't think they could tell what time was unless it was night or Mm -mm. day and what do you know some weird shit starts to happen as one would expect when a Russian Nicole Kidman's walking around dosing you, drugging you. Wait, what? No, yeah, all right. I'm not alone to talk about this. My name is Frank, and with me, we've got Tessa. Yellow. Neil. Hello, hello. And Elliot. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. So, I don't know Leanne Moriarty's work. I know David E. Kelly's work a lot. Who doesn't know David E. Kelly's work? I mean, from practice and picket fences and Boston Legal and all, and Goliath. I think that's, I think that's still on. I don't know too much of this piece. When this sort of was announced, I feel like I was the only person that didn't know about this novel and that is probably I didn't know. I didn't know it either. I didn't know it. Yeah. Oh, great. So this is the perfect group to review it. And it's really hard to categorize, for me anyways. I wanted to consider it a mystery. Drama thriller. Yeah, back and forth. (laughs) As to how successful it was, I'm still not sure. What do you guys think? This week I watched a show about a group of people go to a resort 
have some bizarre experiences and leave changed. But enough about the White Lotus. Let's talk about Nine Perfect Strangers. Oh, <laughs> can we talk about the White Lotus? I wish we, we'll, we'll do it. After I already this. reviewed the White Lotus for this site. Go listen to that. But I would rather review the White Lotus again than review this. I found this incredibly boring, <laughs> and I walked away from it thinking, "Wow, that was just completely pointless." I don't think I've seen a show with such a great cast that was so let down by the writing in so long. I mean, you've got Bobby Cannavale, mm. Michael Shannon, uh, Melissa McCarthy, Luke it's Evans. Stacked. You already named them. It's a stellar cast. Yeah. And just... The acting is across the board. The performances are all like little gems. There were, there were times that I was thinking, like, I think Melissa McCarthy might be giving her best performance. It's just... She is so let down, I feel like, by the writing. See, whenever you see that, it kind of breaks your heart. Yeah. It's because it's all for naught, in a, in a way. The first time I started watching the show, I fell asleep. Oh, did you? <laughs> the first episode? Wow. I love this show. Oh. I liked it a lot. Okay. They maybe didn't stick the landing, which is kind of hard to do with certain types of thrillers, but I thought it was perfectly fine. I thought the performance, like you guys said, were great. I liked the kind of slow evolution to all the characters and them kind of getting over their shit or working through it, as it were. I feel like it was really nice, especially to see Melissa McCarthy's kind of like stuck up and kind of snippy snarky kind of rude like holier than thou i'm a writer and i'm famous kind of attitude kind of get broken down a little bit and she actually became someone you could actually relate to i found that very endearing and i think she did a great job and i think everybody did really well the director is uh, jonathan levine uh he also directed all the boys love mandy lane 50-50 and Warm Bodies. So he has kind of like a handle on like horror with an interesting take. So I was really interested to see what he was going to do with this. I'm going to say it didn't go where I thought it was going to. So there's that. I agree. It, even the, the landing. I think I was trying to wrap my head around. And for me, it's the performances. I don't think the writing is brings it down or lifts it up. But all of these people bring it in a slow onion unwrapping of what's fucked up with these people's lives and that you you get a sense that they're starting to take baby steps and i don't know if there's a, a good ending you can put in there but the kind of snippet we got it flash forwards a little bit and we see what they're doing and it's i think it's like coming off an adrenaline rush like there's nothing you can do to put in there that's going to work work no the second to last episode ending is like oh shit and then they go up and then it eases you down but that didn't quite work that's the only thing I'm agreeing with Tessa. Just like that landing's like, eh. but I, oh man, I love the everything up to that. And it's the actors. This is an actor studio. Go watch how to watch damaged people and they're damaged in multiple different ways. It's not like all nine addictions or alcoholics or depressed or whatever. They're all different and got their own shit. I didn't know how long this was episode wise. I just didn't bother to check. And it has like this like level of intrigue in each episode culminating in the seventh episode, which is a really great cliffhanger. It's such a switch. As soon as the first scene of the last episode happens, it goes from something that's very intriguing to something I'm just waiting to end. It's such a slog, that last episode, and it's so unengaging. Ultimately, I think that's why I didn't like it. It's build-up after build-up after build-up after build-up straight to, all right, resolution. I got snippets of where everybody ended up. I don't know if this is a thing that happened in the novel, but I can't help but feel like this is kind of a cop-out, that all these characters were sort of shortchanged. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And especially since we spent so much time, like, finding finding out how messed up these people are. And that's actually really intriguing. I think that the problem is that the creators found their problems more intriguing than the actual plot that was surrounding them. Isn't their problems kind of like 
is the plot. Like that's the thing that makes it like maybe not as engaging as not having like this overarching thing happen that we kind of were expecting and then it didn't really go there. Their problems aren't meant to be the plot. shouldn't be the plot because it becomes like what Elliot's saying is like, well, what's the point? Mm. It's like, well, yes, they're messed up. It, 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 it doesn't matter how messed up they are. If they don't have anything to do, then what makes them worth watching? Well, they're all part of Mosh's machinations, which honestly I think we could have done without or a lot less because these characters' stories were so interesting and I thought the actors were doing so well with it. But that's the whole reason Mosh is bringing them together. If you take a lot of Mosh's crap out or plots out why are they there so i don't know if it works without it i did look this book up like second or third episode and the funny thing on wikipedia all it says is the reviews are mixed either too much character development or not enough character development is where the reviews fell on it so i thought it was funny that critics fell on one or two sides of it and it wasn't like the book was hated or loved but you fell in one or two camps of you either loved all the character development or you thought it was too much or needed more. It never really worked well in the show for me. There was there was a scene with Melissa McCarthy's character. It's Francis. Francis. She's hallucinating that some internet date of hers has flown out to see her. And that's sort of like revealing about her character and her insecurities. And he comes back as like another hallucination dancing on her toilet seat. And <laughs> both of those scenes I found really frustrating and just completely incongruous with the plot going on. The writers in the room were like, okay, I guess we got to take a moment to sort of like flesh out her character. None of that ever worked into the rest of the story. Similarly, I was really interested to see Bobby Cannavale's character clearly dealing with CTE, chronic brain injury, and that also doesn't quite no. go anywhere or, or really work into the rest of the plot. You can tell which characters they really favor over others. Mm. Melvin Gregg and Samara Weaving, Ben and Jessica, who have who really have marital problems. They get shortchanged a lot. She's addicted to Instagram attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's got money problems as in he has too much and doesn't know what to fucking do with his life anymore. <laughs> so And it's led to their marriage stagnating. They don't give them really any depth compared to the others. It's like... Yeah. Seven perfect strangers and these two add-ons that... Are vain and just have like, oh, you have a terrible problem. The last episode, I was like, oh, right, you guys are still here. Okay, I forgot <laughs> about you two. <laughs> Where'd you go? I will say that this the production values were really, really great. It felt very serene. The name of this place is Tranquilum, and it did feel very tranquil. They did establish this world and this environment visually in, in a way that wasn't overwhelming which I thought it so easily could have been. So I got to give them props, at least from a production standpoint, because it did feel like it had one foot in reality and one foot off of reality. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like that they held that all the way through. It's the shrooms, Frank. It was the shrooms, yeah. It was the shrooms. <laughs> I found it interesting at the end of like episode five, I want to say. There's a certain line that Masha says towards the end, and I was like, oh shit, is this going to get all supernatural? Like, what, what are we going to do here? Yeah, I was always waiting for the other boot to drop, I guess, is a way to describe yeah. the thing that was kind of the letdown. Like, I feel like that there was something else that was supposed to happen that didn't, but I still enjoyed it, even though I feel like it could have been, like you guys said, like fleshed out a bit more, more could have happened. I feel like what really could have improved this is if this turned into like a clue situation yes it might have yes. greatly been improved by that sort of scenario it plays the hidden agenda mm -hmm. theme a couple of times or something that even like murder on the orient express kind of way of going that would have been really really 
more exciting for me to watch. That's where I thought it was going to go. Like one of the things I thought yeah. they were going to do. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the cast kind of made me think it was going to be comedic. I mean, not just because Melissa McCarthy, but Michael Shannon and Bobby Cannavale both have plenty of comedic experience. So yeah, yeah I would have liked to see that yeah, too. I, don't I know. love Tony's character. <laughs> Tony so much. I, I don't think this is really going to be one of those that's universally loved or hated. Oh, yeah. Let's go ahead and wrap into our final thoughts. Tessa, why don't you get us started? Like I said, it didn't end up where I thought it was going to, but I still still enjoyed the ride if that makes sense i thought all the performances were great i don't think the writing was quite as bad as some of y'all think i just wish they could have done a little bit more i wish they would have leaned into some things a bit it unfolded in a way that was unassuming and just kind of underwhelming at the end i guess is the best way to describe what happened there yeah i'm definitely going to follow manny Jacinto's work some more as he does more films i really liked him in brand new cherry flavor here recently if you haven't seen that it's really buck wild i enjoyed it uh it's basically a girl goes to make her movie and gets screwed over and turns to witchcraft it's great anyways but yeah if i had to rate this i don't know i I guess i'd probably give it seven out of ten snowfalls that i thought were going to be ashes (laughs) elliot i think i've said most of what i feel i think this is pretty underwritten but really brought up by a quite a good cast some rewrites just sitting down in the writer's room could have helped a little bit more Making it a comedy definitely would have been helpful. I, I Yeah, I can't really recommend this. This is the second time that this author and David E. Kelly and Nicole Kidman have all teamed up. So they really seem to have a thing going. I actually still haven't seen Big Little Lies, but I do hear it's good. So maybe if that's your thing, check this out. But yeah, without those, without the performances, I think I would have liked this quite a lot less. But even that, I can only really give it 6 out of 10 upset makeup artists. <laughs> Oh, you know, I really liked the theme song, though. I listened to it every time. I didn't Same. skip to the credits ever. It slaps, as the kids say. It's a good credit sequence. It is really trippy and surreal. I, I you know, got to give props to that. I think that's an underrated part of some shows, the opening credits and the song. No, I agree. If you nail that, you're yeah. already in. Elliot brought up Big Little Lies, which I do recommend. <laughs> that was where, when I heard about this show, David E. Kelly and Nicole Kidman had worked together on Big Little Lies, which is really good, based off a book as well. And they converted it into two seasons. And that show's stacked with people as Same well. Same author as well. Over on yeah. HBO. So check that one out, too. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. The acting nails it for me. The, yeah, the ending doesn't quite stick. An episode or two or more, maybe? Maybe that would have flushed some stuff out. We could have had a little less Masha, but that's the whole reason they're all there. But man, there's everyone gets at least those two, three moments, the whole series that you're just fuck me. Like the stuff these people have gone through, at least seven of them. We already established that the the married couple's kind of like, yeah, it kind of sucks, but you have nothing compared to these people. You're the control versus their experiment. You're the norms (laughs) against them. I've recommended it. I'll keep recommending it. I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 impromptu goat barbecues. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Well, well, hey, I mean, they're just doing what she said, following instructions. I, I'm more aligned with Elliot on this one. It's their performances. And then really, as soon as the last episode is like five minutes in, you know that all you've got to take away is just the performances, really. This is just a very problem-filled plot. It just wasn't either well adapted or well thought out from the beginning because it does feel like there's a lot missing here. Mosh is the main character and she's the person I feel like I know the least of. I know stuff about her, but I just, I don't know her ultimately. That's a huge stumbling block for me. 
there were moments here that I thought really did work. There are like some great lines here. I think Michael Shannon's line says, reason is no match for pain, which I thought was a really like little gem of a, of a line. And Grace Van Patten, who plays his daughter, Zoe, has a really, really touching moment when she sees her dead brother in her hotel room when he's like, why are you telling people that we weren't close? And it's such a great moment. But those sort of touches are like really few and far between. Good performances, performances that deserve to be in something better than this. And I was really sad because I was hoping this would be like, since Mare and White Lotus, I've been wanting to, to have my, my Sunday night fix to send me into Monday. I was trying to have this be like my new current TV craze, and it's just not. It'll be for some people, it won't be for all. This episode pretty much proves that. So I got to give this 6 out of 10 iPhone alarms that you just want to shut off, but you can't oh get to the phone, and it's just driving you nuts every time it fucking goes off, man. That's my actual alarm sound, and I'm sure it is for many. Mine too. So yeah. <laughs> that scene was very stressful. Yeah. I thought one of us would use smoothies ever as a rating, so I didn't use it. Like I thought that was the... The layup rating <laughs> oh, system was a smoothie, uh, so yeah. I tried to think of something sure. else. Your eyes twitching. I was going to ask, if they could have like 20 more minutes of any character, which one would you guys choose? If they could have like a little bit more fleshed out of any one character, which one would you prefer? I could see a whole season on Tony. Francis. Right? Yeah, I was going to say Tony. Tony if you pick Francis. one or the other... The way the show's going, you're going to see the other one. I was going to say Glory. Like, how is she there? Like, how did she get roped into this? I think Glory gets the shaft. She gets no flash forward. She's more loyal to Masha than the other two. She gets gypped out of everything. She's another one's like, oh, you're still here. <laughs> there is someone still, like, chopping up the vegetables and doing whatever. There's another. There was somebody else at one point. Fourth? Yeah. I don't know. There's a fourth no. assistant. She doesn't even have a name. Anyways. She got out. <laughs> Poor that girl. <laughs> yeah, she got out. She's like, you know what? This shit's going sideways. I'm out of here. Bye. 